You sound like Bono from U2. <laughs> it's not a bird, it's not a plane, it's superhero slate. It's a modern podcast where we talk about everything that's great. Like movies, TV, superheroes. It's superhero slate. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Superhero Slate, the show where we run down the latest superhero entertainment news. We love TV, movies, and superheroes, so let's talk it all out. My name is Chris Dillard. And my name is Mike Royer. On this week's Superhero Slate, we're <coughs> lamenting the loss of San Diego Comic-Con with Mike's oh, coughing. Oh, tears. Yes, I'm not not infected as far as I know. This is just a normal cough. <laughs> um, we're also going to be discussing how Sam Raimi is confirmed to join the MCU, Mike. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. schedules its final goodbye. Na, 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 na. The, yep, and more. Yep, and more. Yes, uh, if you can tell, you'll hear two things on the podcast today. Hopefully not too much more coughing uh, from me. I'm very chill right now. I woke up not too long ago. Chris is a little bit more seasoned into his day. Yeah. So I'm just like kind of slowly gliding through the podcast. I think it'll be a good time. The other thing that you'll hear is sometimes you might have heard in the past, I think it's going to be uh, Chris's <laughs> brand new keyboard. That's right. So uh, this week I've decided to up my, um, my I guess my home uh, thing here. I have an iMac. I do all my work on here for the show and then um, for everything else I do. And I've been using the included Apple wireless keyboard and mouse. They're great, right? Everything mm-hmm. works together. Very simple. But, you know, over years things wear down. And you're like, ah, this isn't reacting as well as I should the mouse I have to adjust it all the time so I went out this week and bought myself a uh, what would someone consider a uh, pro gamer move and got me a gaming <laughs> mouse and keyboard um, that are very very fancy as they have RGB lights under every key and you can set profiles and all the fun stuff but it is a mechanical keyboard and you can hear me just I'm not even typing I'm just running my fingers over the keys um this the very loud. It's a very loud keyboard, but that's okay. I'm 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 excited to have this. I'm very excited. My, I've been showing Mike photos and videos of this, like it's like a, a little side project I've been working on. Um, <laughs> but I didn't. I don't know if I told you this as well, Mike. But um, because of this, I'm starting to set like Xbox and PlayStation have streaming apps you can get, so you can play them like through a computer um, in your house. Mm-hmm. And uh, I went ahead and put my Hue color lights above me, so if I want to play on my Xbox or PlayStation here on this computer. Um, my lights will sync up with the games in the room I'm playing, which it's a smaller room. It's a very small it's office, just, so it works. I just I just find this so comical because if if any if the listeners out there have been keeping up with kind of like your home improvement um, just tweaks over <laughs> yes. the years of the podcast, they will come to the conclusion that every light bulb in your home is an LED color changing light bulb, and I can just like only imagine the day like you, some sort of virus gets into your home network and the lights just start flashing a thousand different colors, and you think you're like having a seizure or something like that, but it's just your lights are bugging out, and uh, then it's kind of like a, it's kind of like when a smoke detector goes off and you're just running around the house like trying to find it and turn it off. You're just like, oh god. So I hope you, I hope uh, you and your wife aren't epileptic because if not, you'll find out one. Day. Oh no, no, definitely not. I mean, um, <laughs> I, I set, I set my colored lights in my my little theater space where I play Xbox to match with the games. And uh, we play a lot of Call of Duty, Mike, and there's a lot of gunfly- gunfire uh-huh. flashing, uh, flash bangs, um, you know, all sorts of uh, very bright 
and sudden colors in that. So I, I, I think I think I'm good. Now, now, Chris, this is next level. I'm sure it's possible, but there not there might not be a really simple user way, user way to do it. But if you haven't, you, I know you have an Apple Watch, so mm-hmm. it knows it just knows your current like heart rate, right? And I think some of them even can uh, what they can like scan even more than your heart rate. I don't yeah. know what the Apple Watches can do that, but basically they can have like real time effects on your health. It'd be cool if you could connect that to your lights, almost like a like a a technologic mood ring. So it's like whenever you're just like feeling really mellow, all the lights in your house are like cool. Then when you get really pissed off and your heart starts racing, all the lights like turn red. That would just be hilarious. I think it should go the other way, Mike. I honestly, I think you know that's going to compound. Uh, you know, I'm mad. I'm seeing red now, literally. Um, I think it's only just going to make it worse, and you're going to get like one of those things where, like, uh, the madder I get, the redder it gets. The more red I see, the angrier I'm going to get. And it's going to keep I, going I, down. I, I could see it going either way because at the same time, when you're feeling sad, kind of down and depressed, sometimes some like sad emo music just kind of helps you, just kind of like help it wash right over you. So there could be a combo there. They could, you know. Yeah. All I'm trying to say is like I, I'm imagining a funny scenario where you and your wife are both wearing Apple watches, and like I don't know if there's a long hallway in your place, but I'm just imagining. There's this long hallway, and as like as your wife walks down the hallway, the lights start to turn red as she gets towards you. You're like, "Oh shit, lock the door." Uh, She's mad. I can. At that point, I just need to be. I red lights. Mike, I mean, I'm not. No, at that point in time, you shut all the lights off so you can sneak away. (laughs) Yeah. No, I've got. I mean, I've got color lights. I don't like color lights in everything because those are expensive. But I've got some regular lights that I'm I'm putting up. Um, you know, part of the the house projects, you know, is putting new light fixtures, replacing um, the fixtures from the people who did have my house because they're all brass and they're like that frosted glass that doesn't look any good and oh, I hate it. Um, <laughs> but then also, you know, again, like I said, you know, I'm, last weekend I did drywall. This weekend I did more drywall, Mike. So um, I'm feeling really, really accomplished out of nowhere. Uh, so I, I celebrated by getting the mouse and keyboard, of course. That was my, my celebratory nice. thing. Um, and then also... Uh, I, I, right before we jumped onto this, I literally started playing the PlayStation 4 Spider-Man game again. Um, for the first time, I think since the DLC came out, since I uh-huh. wrapped it up. So I'm playing it through my, through my PlayStation on my computer here uh, in my office. But I mean, I, I'm just jumping right back in, man. Those buttons come back natural. So if anyone's looking for stuff to do, that Spider-Man game is just... Uh. Chef's it's such kiss. a beautiful. It's such a beautiful game. We haven't talked about the rumors floating around the yeah. the sequel, but uh, you asked me a couple weeks ago, like, "Oh, Mike, do you want to see these uh, these rumors?" Because they were very specific and sort of spoilery. Usually, I stay away from that, but I'm just kind of like, "Oh, we're probably a few years away from this game. I'm yeah. going to forget all of this stuff anyway, yeah. and it probably won't even won't even be in the game, even if it was true at the time." But uh, there seems to be some pretty rad stuff coming to well, uh, the sequel. Well, thankfully those are in our show notes today, so we'll we'll talk about them today because oh, there's, nice. there's some more stuff about that. But I was I was having fun playing that because of all these rumors. I'm like, I want to go back into it. Uh, and I think it's on sale right now, the Game of the Year edition, uh, which I think you know if you hadn't bought it originally, Mike, this would have been the version you went for. Uh, mm-hmm. That includes all the DLCs, only twenty dollars right now. So nice. Um, if right. you haven't jumped on that bandwagon and got Spider Man, now is the time. Uh, but Mike, what have you been up to this week? Uh, well, like everybody else on the planet, we have uh, been streaming in our household, and I and I just want to say, me and my wife have noticed a pattern recently with the shows that we've been watching because we just started watching a new one, and we just binged it and finished it the other day called "You're the Worst," which is on Hulu now because you know Hulu, Disney, uh, FX, all that's uh, synergizing, so you have all this new FX stuff influxed on uh, on Hulu. So we watched the show 
you're the worst, and I wanted to bring it up for two reasons. Uh, one reason is just a really good show. There, there was only five seasons. It seems to be created in a way where the creator knew that where the ending map was. So it's kind of nice to watch a show where you know it kind of has like an organic ending. So that was nice. Uh, but also one of the co-stars, um, I don't remember her name off the top of my head, um, but I know her character's name was uh, Gretchen. I started looking her up on IMDb just to kind of see if, if she's been in anything else or she's going to be in anything. She's going to be one of the supers in the next season of The Boys. So I thought that was pretty cool. So it was kind of nice watching the show going like, oh, it's going to be sad when it's over. I'm not going to see these characters anymore. But hey, I know The Boys coming back this summer is going to have this uh, actress in it. Um, mm-hmm. I don't know what role she's going to pe- play beyond being in some sort of a superhero outfit. But I thought that was pretty cool. So I wanted to put uh, that show, You're the Worst, on everybody's radar. But also, uh, I've noticed that the show is in a very similar pattern for what my uh, wife and I have been watching. And we've been kind of coining it as the self-loathing slash narcissistic genre of television out there, which uh, I, just by these these titles of these next few shows, you'll tell what I'm talking about. So, like I just said, we're watching You're the Worst. Uh, the next one is called Difficult People. And then the other show is called I'm Sorry. Then there's one called Catastrophe. Uh, the second to last one's called Better Things. And then the last one on the list is called Alone Together. <laughs> so, okay. all of the, so all of these shows uh, give off a very similar vibe of just really crappy people that are just fun to laugh at. Or they just kind of hate their lives and you just kind of watch them just hate everything around them. So I feel like that with the office. Uh, when I watch Michael Scott, I'm like, I'm a better person. <laughs> so I understand that like, you're watching people who are worse than you. Yeah. But, but the, I think the, the great thing about all, all of these shows, they're all streaming somewhere. You're the worst and difficult people are on Hulu. I'm sorry. And, uh, I think alone together are on Netflix and then, uh, catastrophes, Amazon prime. And I think better things is also Hulu. So yeah, if you want a little, uh, self-loathing, if you just kind of want to go into like this, uh, pit of just awful people in despair, I mean, the shows are actually surprisingly really good, which is the, the weirdest part, but a very, a very niche genre that I've say we've uh, come close to completing. So if anybody knows any other shows in that same vein, I'd love to add it to my collection. Mm, yeah. Put it under Mike's belt for uh the self-loathing uh i guess um i don't know hate other people kind of thing so yeah oh uh uh real quick uh no spoilers because i i can't believe i just found out that chris was watching the show a couple days ago uh last week was the season finale of lego (laughs) lego Lego masters yeah uh which was a great show a fantastic show um i'm glad to see that two of the three finalist teams were very very (laughs) solid (laughs) i mean so here's the fun part this show's been on for at least three months now and we Mm -hmm. found out literally in between (laughs) the final episode the next to final episode that we watched it and and we both agreed that one of the teams in the end should have been gone like the first three episodes and (laughs) yeah it was some some reality show effery (laughs) yeah exactly (laughs) and i i want to say um uh we we I think we we had different opinions on who should win, but I mm-hmm. my, mine won, so I feel pretty good about that. Well, yeah, I I, I was okay with with uh, yeah. with the turnout for sure. But uh, Will uh, Will Arnett, who was the voice of Lego Batman, he is the host of the show. He has some okay jokes every once in a while, but he's so um, uh, yeah, I don't he's so uh. 
I don't really know what word I want to say, but he he's kind of like a dumb dad at this point in time, where it's just like even if he even if he shoots off a joke that's just really really stupid, you just roll your eyes and you just go, oh, you it's, you're crazy. It's Will Arnett playing Will Arnett for the past twenty years. Uh, <laughs> the same thing he was on um, Arrested Development. You know, it, uh, it's it's who he is, and you know I. I'm going to have to lean the other... I don't care for the format of this show as much as probably most people for, for reality shows. Um, I think it's interesting that, you know, they take the Great British Bake Off approach where everybody isn't angry or mad at each other. Like, mm-hmm. like there's no... there's no anger. It's a very laid-back show, right? They're like, hey, create something. However, watching this, like, they, they show you some behind-the-scenes stuff occasionally. Like, mm-hmm. they open with, like, a cold open of them preparing the, to film the, the show. Um... And I don't care for, like, I see how this is edited, and it bothers me a little bit. <laughs> um, and I just don't care for it probably as much. The, the format of the edits and how they present. I don't think the judges should give feedback, because then the judges have an idea of what they want to see, rather than the end product being presented, you know? That's, well, my like, my biggest complaint of this. But, like, you know, I'm on the fence for next season for myself. Yeah, I, I, I'm looking for. I hope they do a second season. I don't. They, know they how did. It did. They, they, they said okay. they. They, they announced awesome. it like three episodes ago. So great. I love it. I, I want to see another season. I want to see them kind of really kind of push the the challenges. Like one of my favorite challenges because this was how I built Lego growing up was I wanted to make sure the Legos I built were solid. I could play with them. They would survive any sort of like crashes or or turns. Are, are you going to talk quarter. about the bridge episode? The bridge. The bridge episode. Yeah. Was my favorite, but also maybe infuriated because I thought it was great that they kind of just put the veil down and they were just like, hey, we legitimately ran out of weights. We didn't think you would build bridges this strong. And then they were getting like bags from like the like the like the key the gaffers, yeah. On set, yeah, which was great. But then they maxed out their weight and like two people tied. And I was like, that drove me crazy because Everything in me wanted to know when those bridges were actually going to break. So I hope they bring that challenge back in some form or some way. And then they just got to know we need a fudge ton of weights. Yeah. Because I so that was that was my favorite yeah. part. And then your favorite team of the whole thing, they had one of the coolest looking bridges. Yeah. Uh, I learned some cool Lego terms like studs out. Uh, yeah. I didn't know I didn't know some of these things. So. Uh, I was excited when everything was over because that me- meant I could finally go on social media and start following these people uh-huh. because I'm always worried. I'm sure that they're under contracts, not to spoil it, but I'm always worried about people tagging them and then showing up in my algorithm. And then in my in, the, in my Explore feed, I end up seeing like the winner before anyway. So, uh, yeah, so, uh, Legos well, are great. <laughs> one, one, of the, one of the teams is actually from Louisville, uh, and um, I have a – like I, I know someone who know, has his number. Like I could get a hold of him if I wanted to. The, uh, oh, the, cool. The, the, the muscles guy. Um, oh, the muscles guy. Yeah. I, I, I looked at his Instagram, and I was actually surprised. I was like, there's no Legos in this Instagram feed. It's just all of his muscles. Yeah. So I was like, well, I guess if you got them, go ahead and show them. Yeah, and then one of the teams had never even worked – together in person until this contest which was kind of disappointing mm-hmm. <laughs> um <laughs> one of many things uh but I, I think it was fun i think i think you know there is a lot of for creativity in this but i i think you're right i want more technical challenges right like tall things uh wide things like you know weights movement movement pieces i saw some people you know um, someone made uh, an eagle and like the tips of the wings moved a little bit extra than the actual wing mm-hmm. and i'm like that's cool. I wish I had moving Legos when I was younger to do this <laughs> with. Because uh, motors and... Hi- someone had like a hydraulic thing at some point too. Um, they really they really dove into different types of, of Legos. Because I think they're not connects, but there's the other pieces that are like connects they used for the bridges. Mm-hmm. 
And I'm like, ah, oh, these are fun. These are fun. <laughs> I would never want to have all these. This Legos is too much for me, but this is really cool. So yeah, Lego Legos great. So we're I think uh, we'll talk a little bit more about uh, season two when that rolls around. Yeah, yeah, because it shows. They, Mike was like, you watch. It? I'm like, yeah, it comes on right off the Mass Singer, which I watch every week. So uh, <laughs> that was that was funny. However, we're going to get into the news. We actually have news points this week. We didn't have to dig as hard, um, mm-hmm. uh, but, I, but I was able to pull a lot of news out of this. And, Mike, I will tell you the first thing that everyone I – mean, we were even tagged on Inst- on Twitter Ooh. for this. San Diego Comic-Con is officially canceled Ugh. for 2020. For the first time in 50 years. Uh, last year was the 50th anniversary. It was. Chris, you were, you were very lucky – to be able to experience it before it was canceled. Uh, you know, a lot of really smart people out there are saying that the reason that kind of they waited so long was that they have um, kind of event insurance and they had to wait until there was some sort of kind of government order that kind of came down that said they just literally can't have the event. And then that's when their event insurance kicks in so they can kind of pay off all of these things that they've already paid for ahead of time. So there's a there's a chance that they knew this wasn't going to happen for a while. But my conspiracy theory is, is somebody got wind that you weren't coming this year. So they figured, what's the point? Yeah. Let's cancel it if Chris isn't coming into town. Well, so We've already that, peaked. I mean, that, yeah. that last year, you know, 50 years in a row is pretty good. You know, we don't need 51. We don't want to brag uh but you know we peaked with, with chris yeah there. they're like if this uh if this kid doesn't doesn't fly in from the middle of the country and bake on a asphalt uh concrete parking lot for a couple hours outside waiting to see uh some marvel stuff what's the point yeah exactly uh and, and, and thank you but it was a basketball court um even worse <laughs> uh because you know uh that that's just what it is so i mean i think you know they have mentioned that they're going to do like a digital experience, and I know they just announced they don't have what that looks like. But for me, Mike, and I'm going to tell you this, I, I'm it's sad that this has been canceled this year. However, I've always experienced San Diego Comic Con as a digital experience. Mm-hmm. So will this actually, for me, a a, a not usually non goer, be any different? Will this, all these studios have their own panels? and release them then or will they set their own dates for their own things like uh marvel we don't have to set you know set down for you know july let's uh let's maybe do it in june or august Ooh. instead like can they I mean, do their own stuff i could see san diego comic-con digital experiences helping some of the smaller creators like comic book creators or mm-hmm. artist alley people but I don't think these big studios need the help of san diego comic-con yeah. i think it's going to be very similar to e3 where like these indie games would have loved the would have loved the experience but like these big studios have the they have the money and also they have the technical ability to stream and present whatever they want to do. Like what San Diego Comic-Con really offers these big companies is just the sheer amount of people and the synergy of everything happening over that weekend and the in-person stuff and everybody tweeting and sharing on uh you know Instagram and social media. All of that stuff is going to be gone. Uh, so I think, yeah, there's a chance that, you know, DC and Marvel could announce stuff, but I don't imagine the SDCC logo is going to be on any of that stuff. Uh, the first thing I thought of like, oh, I wonder where all of those exclusive San Diego Comic-Con Funko Pops are going to (laughs) go. Cause I got to imagine they're already manufactured and boxed and and ready to show up. But, but there's only like one model that's usually floor only. The rest are shared exclusives. Um, uh, Emerald City Comic Con was the first Comic Con to kind of go through this. I actually have some. I bought them off the Funko website, and I actually got pops that you would that you would pick up on the floor there through their website. So I think that'll be fine. My thing is, if they go, what I would love to see, Mike, and and, and a lot of people are probably gonna. Some people will agree. Some people will disagree. A digital ticket. I would gladly buy a digital ticket 
and get access to all of these panels that I can watch live that I would normally have to be there in person to see. Um, now, will they do real panels of people? And you know, because I think I think by July they'll be able to do small groups of people like that. Just not you know thousands and thousands. So like, hey, we have a panel here. We've got a camera set up in the studio. We're gonna talk to everybody. You get a digital ticket and you get to watch it. Um, we're not gonna limit that digital ticket to people who be on the floor, but anyone can come buy this ticket and watch these panels. I would love to see this and, you know, so, get to see that, that footage or, you know, ex- a, what they would normally hold for the comic con to get to see it through my computer. Yeah. I, well, I think it's, I think the, the, the two scenarios that would happen there is I would love to see some of the smaller panels that would have happened too, as well. Like right, exactly. there's always, there's always cool panels about like, you know, how to draw or, you know, how to get the most out of your comic book pages, you know, just like really niche stuff about that. Here's a new Photoshop tool that you didn't know existed. I've gone to panels like that. Uh, here well, are some indie web comic people, or there's an awesome panel that I love every year that I talk about called Quick Draw, where they bring all of these veteran cartoonists and they try well, to draw stuff, well, and it's all really funny. What was the one where they did the the yes-no voting one, where they, they the... the they weren't uh, really celebrities, uh, but they pitched ideas. Yeah, it was like a it was like a sci fi panel. Yeah, I'd almost, love to was, see that like that. You know, yeah, they, that stuff's that stuff's great, but like I don't think we would ever get any of the real juicy stuff. Like, imagine if that Marvel panel didn't happen last year and it was supposed to happen this year. Even if they had a digital ticket, like they would just have to assume that anything that they aired digitally was going to make it out there on right. the internet no, it, because people can just screen record. But, but that's the thing. I'm not talking about the big stuff. Like, you know, I get that. They can do their own panels. They'll have, they have D23. They can have an, their own press conference or investor call and announce the whole change of the movie slate for Marvel, right? So I'm talking about, like, if I had a chance to, you know, when you're there in person, you can only go to one panel at a time. You can't be in multiple panels. So if you had a ticket and you could go back and rewatch some of those things you missed or, you know, get to watch, you know, I'd, I'd pull up a couple windows and watch a couple things, you know, mute, or, mute them. But like, wouldn't that be cool to like, you know, do, what was that? What was that show? Um, the Tarkovsky's um, Primal? Uh, Primal. Primal. Mm-hmm. Like, I'd love to watch Primal, that, that panel, or the Rick and Morty panel uh, through my computer. Like, I don't need to see all the big stuff, but like, I'd love to come watch those people just talk about their or I, I this is this is another thing. This would be just pure marketing, just like what San Diego Comic Con is in general. But let's say since this is a hopefully in, in our lifetime uh, a unique one time occurrence, and we're not going to have to deal with this again for a really really long time of people being boarded up in their houses. Uh, imagine if if uh, Marvel or DC decided, okay, we are going to do a digital online experience, but there's not going to be. Uh, any tickets or who cares maybe there are tickets whatever it's just going to be a free live stream the San Diego Comic Con logo is going to be on it because the, it's a it's a long standing tradition to uh, support this comic book convention and then one time only they're finally going to publicly release all of this cool stuff that usually you don't get to see so and I mean nothing's happening this summer right now anyway no one's going to the movies so maybe people do need to start enticing people a little bit more go ahead and show us some behind the scenes eternal stuff uh, maybe give us like a sneak peek at Black Widow or something like that. Just give us more and just kind of frame it as like a San Diego Comic-Con exclusive that everybody gets to see. And then, you know, when things go back to normal, just kind of revert back to the old way to where you have to stand in line for like a day and a half to see this stuff. You know, it, it, since it's a unique scenario, yeah. don't, they don't necessarily have to change the game. It'll just be like this one time. Yeah, well, exactly. And, you know, that's the thing. You Like you mentioned, you know, all this stuff has been moved around. We don't have to... Um you know, we're not we're not worried about you know if there are leaks. You know, the, the schedule's pushed back. You know, we can look at everything we just looked at last year again um, that maybe hasn't been shown yet. 
Um, so that, I think that that might be fun. Show some of the oh. internal stuff. And I have to say, it's a it's a big bummer for San Diego because like you were, you were there last year. You saw how many people descend onto that city. How much money pours into their economy, especially the hotels. I mean, the hotel lottery mm-hmm. selection was supposed to happen this month. That's not going to happen. Uh, so yeah, it's just going to be a big downturn. So hopefully, everybody will be really excited to have everyone welcome back. I feel exceptionally bad for the people that have been trying to get badges for years and years and years. Years, finally got one and now the convention's canceled so what i'm really hoping is they get some sort of um first dibs like if you yeah. if you had a badge for 2020 you get a badge for 2021 like they've already we've already done the badge selection but have some sort of really solid cutoff time that if you don't confirm that you still want your badge uh it's going to go into a pool and then we're going to give them away yeah i think just kind of freeze everything for next year if if it's confirmed kind of deal like don't like i know like you know professionals artists they have to do um bi-yearly confirmations right um something like that every two years you have to reconfirm yourself um like just freeze it for a year but like yeah everyone kind of sucked this year so we'll just hold it and push everything back a year so san diego comic-con gonna be a different experience we'll keep you guys updated as we do play-by-plays on how this is gonna turn out and um what else is going to happen the, this year? The only upside here is I'm saving a little bit of money <laughs> because yeah. I usually drop drop a little bit of change in that city yeah. on that weekend. For goers, it's different. For me, I'm like, ah, oh, this is – I'm just going to have to get online and get my news again anyway. So mm-hmm. uh, we'll we'll see how this plays out. Uh, a lot of people, again, a huge uh, lot of fans of, of our show. Um, look forward to our San Diego Comic-Con recap episode. So mm-hmm. uh, we're going to do the best we can to, to try to come up with something this year if, for you guys. If, if you were if you were somebody that was going to be tabling at San Diego Comic-Con um, and you listen to our podcast, uh, let us know because San Diego, San Diego can be an opportunity for people to kind of really uh, market and put their business out there and uh, make some uh, bucks that they really rely on during the year. So if you're somebody that was going to be tabling during San Diego Comic-Con, let us know and we'll give you a shout out on the show. Yeah, yeah. Or, or if you're a listener and you know someone who's going to be there, tag them. Let us get, get them in touch with us. We'll, we'll do yeah. what we can. We're going to shift gears into some other uh, some other properties here. James Gunn always uh, during quarantine. He's on he's on the social medias again. He's active. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's teasing an R rating for his Suicide Squad movie. Which yeah, I I hope so. Right? I mean yeah, that'd be that'd be fine. I'd what, be okay with that. Didn't the first one get an R rating? Um, I don't know. Did it? I, I can never remember now which DC movies are R-rated and which ones aren't. Because honestly, most of the time is they're not leaning into the R rating enough, and I it, there's no point in remembering. Um, it's easy to remember Deadpool being rated R because there's dismemberments, there's lots of swear words, a lot of inappropriate sexual humor. So it's easy to remember that those movies are rated R. But like, I mean, Birds of Prey, uh, that was rated R, wasn't yep. it? I'm trying yeah. to remember, even though it just came out earlier this year. I yeah, mean, besides like one person's leg being broken twice, uh, I I can't even really remember any memorable swear words, to be honest. Well, they did they did blow up somebody in in full at some point in there. I'm trying to see. It doesn't. Why does Why does Wikipedia not have the ratings? Um, <laughs> but I mean, it's hard to think. You know, this movie was like what four years ago at this point. It feels like it was ten years at this point. And as the veil as the veil starts to fall on the show, now you can no, hear Chris's frantic research yeah. mid show with his new. It key. was it was PG thirteen. Uh, and after you know, I don't know. It was Birds of Prey considered a success. I, I don't know. Um, it kind of fell in the middle of all this quarantine stuff and was yeah, put on digital you'll, early. You'll never know. There'll, there'll always be 
an asterisk next to it. If somebody says it didn't perform well, the studio will just point to the coronavirus. So it doesn't really matter (laughs) how you look at it. But yeah, like I like I say every week, make sure you're following uh, James Gunn on Instagram because yeah, last night he did another uh, Q and A, and he does a lot of questions. Like you know when you when you find somebody's Instagram story that's really too self involved, and uh, all of the little lines on the UI end up looking like dots, and they're not even divided in lines anymore. Uh, James Gunn did that with his uh, AMA, which was great because he answered a lot of questions. I didn't get a chance to look at them, but yeah. I'm guessing uh, somebody uh, brought up uh, the rating. Yeah, well, I yeah, I mean, yeah, because of Birds of Prey being the last uh, superhero movie from DC, and you know, the next until Wonder Woman, like, hey, can you do our rating? Because Suicide Squad would you know fit in our rating because Harley Quinn came from that, so uh-huh. um, probably. I mean, if it's considered well, James Gunn uh, has done R-rated movies, Slither, uh, some other stuff beforehand. I think he could he can pull it off. Uh, he's also teasing the first footage possibly this year. I mean. If DC was going to come to San Diego Comic-Con, I guarantee you Batman and Suicide Squad footage was going to be there. Uh-huh. Um, so if they're not going to be there, maybe they'll maybe they'll do their own little yeah. tease thing. So. And, Gunn, and Gunn was probably looking for a triumphant return to Comic-Con because I don't remember the exact time frame. Was it, it was either last Comic-Con or the Comic-Con before then. He ended up canceling his appearance it, because he got into that whole Guardians snafu with Marvel and his old tweets. I want to so, say it was like two ago even because last year was me and they were filming Suicide Squad. Before yeah. that, he wouldn't have he would have been writing it. So I think it was I think it was two two years. So. Yeah, so he was probably looking for like a triumphant uh, return. So that looks like that was swept uh, out from yeah. under him. Well, if not, he'll come back the next year for um, Guardians three. And Marvel, yeah. so you know we got we got some time here. He's got he's got he's got a lot of stuff in the uh, the Comic Con world. He could he could come back. Uh-huh. So looking forward to that. Something I'm not looking forward to is the Zack Snyder cut ever being released. <laughs> um, and right now the reports are that there are no plans to release the Snyder cut on HBO Max, despite us theoretically saying you know if they want to bring people in hbo max release the snyder cut they're not going to do it so i mean uh, the only uh i like the theory that you had where you know throw some money at it you know have them finally finish some of those previs special effects and you finally get your snyder cut up and running i only would have wanted this to happen just to kind of see it as an experiment just to kind of have this statistical data of what's it look like when you throw money throw more money at a movie and you do some old uh, special effects uh, bring them back up to snuff uh it just would have been interesting to see like the side-by-side comparisons to see what changed because usually this this doesn't happen i think probably the closest we see is um there's a few different versions of the movie psycho and i think one of them is actually using this exact same script i think that one of the more recent versions of that movie they use the exact same script so you can kind of see uh how two different big hollywood movies with a bit with an actual hollywood budget would turn out if you're using the exact same material and that would kind of be along the same lines of like two different directors interpretations of one movie well, at the same time i would say that that's more akin to superman 2 um there's the richard donner cut which was mm-hmm. the who essentially worked on the movie the whole time, but then there was the theatrical version, which was when they fired him and didn't let him have the final cut. So I think it's more along the lines of you know DC always having these issues with their movies, um, doing these different cuts. So yeah, I would say split it down the middle though, because usually when these director when there's director cuts and theatrical cuts, usually it's just like well you could have seen that stuff, but it was just on the deleted scenes on mm-hmm. the DVD or whatever. You know, in this case it would have been like the collector's edition DVD, whatever that came out, but 
yeah. Uh, no Snyder cut. Boohoo. Cry, cry, cry. Don't care. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I mean, you are you were just you're losing sleep over this, Mike. Don't lie to me. I understand. <laughs> However, there looks to be hope for some other sort of Justice League. Justice League Dark um, is, is looking to um, make an appearance on HBO Max uh, from J.J. Abrams. And then this has been specified as a live-action series, not necessarily a movie. Um, so do you think, you know, Justice League Dark, which you know involves, like, Constantine and um, Zatanna and uh, what's Etrigan the demon? You know, would those people work on a live action TV series more than a movie? Um, akin to a higher quality Doom Patrol? Or yeah, what do you think? I mean, I hope that this is a shot across the bow to attempt to compete with Disney Plus shows. We haven't. I know we haven't seen them yet, but every everybody involved has said these are going to be cinematic movie quality, just kind of shrunken down to your home screen. So I'm hoping that that's what they're thinking of in the vein for this. I mean, as much fun as I've had dabbling in the Arrowverse and the Blan- the Berlantiverse, you know, watching some kind of campy Flash seasons and, you know, kind of enjoying some of the proto um, Arrow episodes back in the day, like, I think I've kind of uh, worn out of that that world, I, it doesn't seem like they're kind of pushing or advancing anymore. And mm. you know, for all for all intents and purposes, like it's it's cheap, but it's cheap because it has to be. So I want to see something more premium, kind of what we're seeing, like a la Mandalorian. Like, give me eight episodes of Justice League Dark, and give me like some awesome CG creatures. You know, if people really liked Swamp Thing from the Swamp Thing show, bring him into here. Show me some cool, uh, show me some cool like dark. Uh, sides of the well, the DC world and make it tie into the DC world, or you know, or not. I don't care which one. I mean, like if it tied in, I think that'd be even better. Um, because they've tried to make this movie several times with several people, and you know, like hey, you know, this is our first TV show that ties into the the movies. So here, have some fun with it a little bit. You know, um, it, do that. It, it really makes you wonder what the strategy is, though, because the other. DC property that they've announced exclusively for HBO Max is Green Lantern, which is supposed to be helmed by uh, by Berlanti. Mm. So we're imagining, you know, that's probably going to be probably in the realm of like Titans, you know, sur- shorter episode order, probably a little bit more polished than what you'd see on the CW. Um, but is it going to be weird people on HBO Max uh, watching Justice League Dark and then also streaming Green Lantern and then they're just kind of two totally different production companies, totally different looks, probably not going to cross over with each other. Yeah. Um, it seems like, you know, HBO Max is just doing what it can in, in this in this world. We're launching a brand new streaming service. Let's just make a bunch of content that people will like. Who cares if it doesn't cross over because we're only well, worried about subscribers 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 but, but here's i don't think dc i mean to say it nicely gives two shits about crossovers or continuity i mean they one of the most money-making oscar-winning movies is joker and it has nothing to do with any other other dc movies at all uh i mean they even you know kicked out jared leto and put you know got a new guy in a whole movie in a whole different universe i don't think dc cares about continuity as much as marvel does but marvel has set that bar and you know dc can't do that as quickly so I mean, will will people will the average person know? Yeah, probably not. Uh, will we know? Yeah, probably. But I think we absolutely will. Yeah, I think Green Lantern. We're used to the Berlanti productions in terms of the the thing, but Titans and did he is he part of Doom Patrol as well? Um, um yes. Okay. Yeah. He. Those are higher quality shows. I'll tell you that right. You know, you're not watching 
CW shows when you watch those. So I think he could pull off a Green Lantern, especially with HBO Max and, hey, here's some money. You've been wanting to do a Green Lantern with Diggle for years. Come on, just make a Green Lantern <laughs> show finally. So I think that's interesting. I think, I think Justice League Dark, I mean, J.J. Abrams you know, was hired to you know work on some stuff for, I think, HBO, right? And he's always been rumored to do a Superman movie. So maybe this is his chance to dive into some DC stuff without you know getting Superman, and maybe if we ever get a Superman two or you know we get a rebooted Superman, um, Abrams could be behind it, and we'll see a an homage to Superman one because he doesn't have a creative bone in his body. I I guess I'll I guess I'll put it this way: I, we're coming up close to I would say the ten year anniversary of the Arrowverse because uh, I think Arrow started airing not long after I moved out here to L.A., and we've been out here roughly for 10 years, so uh, I'm looking forward to the next evolution of kind of what this uh, Berlanti slash Arrowverse mm-hmm. is going to be. Uh, is it going to be shorter episode orders with more money on a streaming platform? Because um, I, I, I know uh, Greg Berlanti as a person can direct because I saw his movie uh, Love, Simon. Like, I, I don't doubt his abilities, but you know when you're stuck in the broadcast TV realm you're just doing the best with what you have so i would love to see what he can do with no restrictions yeah i think to me i think the, the berlanti Arrowverse will end um within the next three years i i don't think there's any legs behind anything anymore um and much like you know we'll talk about shield here in a minute good things have to come to an end and arrow ended the flash is you know uh, for lack of a better pun is uh on his last legs if you will <laughs> um Who's watching Supergirl? And Legends of Tomorrow's always struggled, and they just got rid of Brandon Ruth on that one. I've uh, heard some insider information uh, that uh, Ruby Rose, the actress who plays Batwoman, is horrible to work with on set. <laughs> she just like it does not show up when she's supposed to. Uh, people are always getting injured on that set, so I gotta imagine mm-hmm. there's some liability issues on that show too. The next one that supposedly ties into this on the CW, but is also primarily on DC Universe, is Stargirl, um, mm-hmm. and that looks to have a little higher production quality because you know they got Luke Wilson piloting a huge robot at some point. So I think the TV CW will end in the next three years, and then we will start seeing just more Berlanti shows, maybe not tied together. Because didn't Crisis separate all these shows into different worlds at some point? Uh, no, actually, Crisis did the opposite. They put all of them finally in one world, but, so now they're inhabiting but, one planet. But, but Titans and Doom Patrol do not. Though still, yeah, like that was like that was the weird thing. That was another thing I didn't really like about Crisis <laughs> is just like they wanted to go out of their way to kind of like show you these uh, to show you these uh, other cameos like Titans, but then technically all those worlds are supposed to have been destroyed. So I don't know. Don't yeah. ask me. <laughs> it's gonna. It's. I mean, good things are gonna come to an end, Mike. And you know, it's sad to see it go, but end before you're hated. Go out. What is it that I always say? People from the Dark Knight, you either die a hero or live long enough to see yourself become the villain. Uh, and I think we're getting there. But anyway, J.J. Abrams. I think in 2000 or 2023, knock on wood, we might get a new Superman movie. Ten years after Man of Steel, we might get Man of Steel 2. Maybe. So, I mean, uh, after fingers. kind of what we've uh, seen with uh, the Star Wars universe, and I know, uh, I've, I feel like I've come around to your opinion on J.J. Abrams now. I'm a little, uh, I'm a little, uh, I'm a little iffy on this man now, so well, he, I don't... I don't automatically give uh, the supreme seal to every time I see his name on stuff well, now. He, his problem is not he can do really good first introductions of himself to that universe. Think mm-hmm. Star Trek, the first Star people love The Force Awakens, mm-hmm. um, you know, uh, stuff like that. It's his sequels that people hate. 
Star Trek Into Darkness, um, his second Star Wars movie. So if this is his first Superman movie and then he's done, I think it'll be great. If he tries to go beyond that, we're all doomed. Uh, yeah. So. Also, I I think this might be splitting hairs at this point, and it's always hard to tell since it is his company. But uh, I, I believe the the news also might have leaned more heavily on Bad Robot. Yeah. production studios was helming this HBO Max show. So obviously when you're going for the headline, when you're going for the story, you, you throw JJ's you throw JJ's name in there. So there's yeah. a good chance that he'll be consulting on the pilot script, probably walking into the writer's well, room maybe like once or it, twice, but <laughs> I don't think it will end up being JJ Abrams' show. Right. Well, and that, and that's I'm I'm going to I'm going to point that in the same direction as you know, something that's not on this list is Extractions next weekend, and that's not mm-hmm. the Russo brothers project. It's just from the Russo brothers. Um, but it's their stunt guys project. <laughs> yeah. Chris, I'm I'm telling you, I'm trying to build the hype train because there's not enough hype out there for really movies anymore because no movies are premiering. So I'm hoping Netflix really nails it this time. I, I hope this is their John Wick. It's This is their movie directed by a stunt director. It's got a huge A-list star in it. Yeah. I would say triple A star, Chris Hemsworth in it. You got the Russos attached producerally uh, for like for street cred out there. So I'm just uh, really hoping. Did, did you watch we, Deadly class uh no i didn't watch then obviously russo brothers production does not help (laughs) anything at all so uh. well who had sci-fi anyway you have to have like a specific cable package to even have sci-fi everybody has netflix chris Uh, well except for you but everybody has netflix well (laughs) and 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 the last uh last movie i watched uh on netflix i believe that i can remember that was a netflix original was in fact um Cloverfield Paradox. Well, that's that went, your fault. That went over well. That's your fault. Uh, that's also, your fault. <laughs> did, I've heard really good things about Bright as well, let me tell you. Um, so hopefully Netflix can do a good movie for once. They, they, you know they need a good original this movie. This time next week, I'll eat my words if the movie's not good. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm excited for this. I'm excited to see how this turns out. So, um, Movies, you were talking right before the show about Seth Rogen movies you've been watching mm-hmm. lately. And um, a Seth Rogen movie, he did a superhero movie where he starred in it. Uh, I don't know how this movie ever happened or why it happened. It was Green Hornet, um, a classic old villain or old hero, you know, kind of um, terms. Like like a serial, kind of like what's, uh, what am I thinking, Dick Tracy style kind of thing. Mm-hmm. Um, and Universal is moving forward with a Green Hornet and Kato reboot now. They don't want to do a sequel to that. Surprise. Um, <laughs> I, I mean, is is this smart? Is this something people want? I didn't care for the first one. I, I watched I don't, the theaters. I don't know. I mean, uh, we were we were talking also earlier on the show, uh, Universal owned by NBC, which would be Comcast, which would be Peacock. So is this going to be a Peacock streaming series, a Peacock film? Is this going to be a straight up normal movie out there in the world? Um, I feel like you got to do something with the Green Hornet. And it's got to be good because how much cachet does the Green Hornet even have out there? Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't know personally other people, but I mean, we're in our 30s. So if they're going for a nostalgia market, it's not with us. It's not no. like I grew up with like a Green Hornet cartoon show that riffed off the old, you know, that old like my parents would might be familiar with the Green Hornet. But my parents don't go to movies anymore. Well, like they barely get out there anyway, especially now during a pandemic. So. I got to imagine, like you gotta, you gotta attach some talent. You gotta attach some known well, faces to you gotta, kind of really capitalize off this. But you gotta modernize it. I think Green Hornet and Kato maybe worked, you know, what in the fifties, sixties, you know, a little bit. Uh-huh. You know, like someone put on a mask and they're the hero. Like they're not a superhero. They're just a mask guy running around with, um, you know, his driver Kato who knows yeah. karate. Like, May- what do you I do mean, with maybe- this? 
I would think maybe I, I like like a lot of people. Uh, I didn't see the Seth Rogen uh, Green Hornet one, but I would imagine if they didn't do this in the story already, this would have to happen where you kind of like flip the roles. I mean, no one wants to see like like an immigrant as like a servant that's going around like doing all the work. They, I would imagine you cleverly flip the roles where like a Cato is like the one in charge and the Green Hornet is like the bumbling idiot. Well, you know, that, that's how it was. I mean, Seth Rogen was Greenhorn. He wasn't bumbling in any of that movie. Mm. So they already flipped it. It, it didn't really work out very well because they kept it like old school. Like, you know, when I think of Greenhorn, I think of movies like Sin City or The Spirit, right? Mm-hmm. Um, did you watch The Spirit? Uh, I haven't seen the, the Spirit, but I do love Sin City. Right. So um, Frank Miller, both of them, black and white, very artistic. I mean, he, The Spirit had Samuel Jackson and uh, Scarlett Johansson as the villains. Like, you know, you're like, oh, great. These are great actors. Like, I love them in Marvel. Don't, don't don't watch it. You're just going to be disappointed all around. Um, but I mean, Universal. Do they make Fast and the Furious movies? Uh, I believe so. Yeah. This because, would be a uh, great like Green Hornet kid or like in that kind of Fast and Furious universe would be. Uh, Chris, don't bring up don't bring up crossovers because uh, <laughs> as as you know, uh, me and my wife uh, have been watching Twenty One and Twenty Two Jump Street, and after watching those films, uh, directed by the amazing Chris Lord and Phil Miller, I mean we right. oh, man we love those guys. Uh, it's just so sad to see that that Men in Black crossover is probably never going to happen because that would have been so good. would have been so perfect. I would have loved to see them go, like, be thrust into, like, an alien universe. Um, but, uh, yeah, if if that could happen or if that could possibly have been rumored on the table at one point in time, maybe we could get the Green Hornet and, and uh, Kato yeah. in, in a fast movie. Yeah. I just think, you know, it, he, he's known for his car, right? So give him a Fast and Furious car. Like, mm-hmm. they're, they're going around racing into things. Maybe they both have their own cars and and it's like i don't know i don't know anything about green i don't want it but if they're gonna do it might as well have some fun with it make it outlandish mike very Uh outlandish however speaking of outlandish things here spider-man 2 a classic mike with me and mike both agree out of all the spider-man movies you can keep three this one's on our list yes that's true um, when they were filming it, um, as you know, Willem Dafoe returns to play the ghost of Norman Osborn. They had him come in and step in as Otto Octavius in the scene for fun. You know, they're just filming behind the scenes and let Alfred Molina watch. And Willem Dafoe as Dr. Octavius would have still been awesome. I think oh he could have played any of these roles in these movies and just knocked it out of the park. Willem Dafoe is just a treasure. This made me really want to go watch The Lighthouse. I know you've seen it, but mm-hmm. I haven't seen it yet. Uh, but yeah, just seeing this man perform is just great. He's just like a master of his craft. But also the other really cool thing about this video is just seeing those practical yeah. tentacles uh, just wriggling around the back of them. That would have been that 100% would just be a CG effect now. And, and and I would almost say rightfully so. I would say it's probably not too difficult to pull off um, tentacles and CG and save a lot of money. But man... Uh, now that we're going to be talking about Raimi here in a little bit, maybe we'll be seeing some yeah. more practical effects come back well, to the screen. Well, I wouldn't say necessarily practical. I mean, we're going to add a, in one of these his, his notes here, but I think I think people, if you get a chance in our notes, the link to this tweet of him playing Doctor Octavius at the moment that the uh, his like little sphere is about to explode is really really fun. So mm-hmm. um, get a chance to watch it. But Sam Raimi has confirmed himself as directing 
uh, Doctor Strange into yes. into the Multiverse of Madness, which is what we really wanted when we heard yeah. this rumor months ago. Yeah. <laughs> this is this is great. This harkens back to you know a few months ago on the show when we started talking about who should direct uh, Doctor Strange now that we've lost Scott Derrickson. Uh, and I, we both agreed that it's gotta be, it's gotta be somebody with like a vision, somebody with like a solid tone, not just like a random, just like, Oh, this person directed a couple horror movies and we're just going to bring him in on the cheap to take yeah. over Dr. Strange. You no, know, if you really want to appease the audience, bring in somebody with a solid vision. I mean, no one has more, uh, more of a solid vision than like Sam Raimi. It, it, exactly. And he does, um, family, I wouldn't say family friendly horror, but like, you know, it's stuff that's unsettling that, you know, you can show to the masses and people are like, yeah, this is pretty cool. I think he just has a really – I think he just knows how to mess with people. Yeah. He just kind of has like a, a kind of a twisted sense of humor and he – it seems like like going back to the behind-the-scenes video we just talked about, you see Sam Raimi in that video for a little bit just like uh, chatting with some of the people on set. It seems like people get along with the guy very well. Yeah. And uh, for better or for worse, it seems like when your production is in trouble, you're not just looking for somebody that's talented. You're looking for somebody that can manage manage a set yeah. which uh, didn't go exactly how they wanted it for uh, for Solo when they brought in Ron Howard mm-hmm. um, but they but, still you know, made a movie out of it they yeah he was done. a man he was a man that could manage the set and the people he was a professional so yeah I'm really looking forward to see what Sam Raimi does kind of back in this universe again and I would say almost Doctor Strange is more fitting for Raimi than well, even Spider-Man and, was. And even in Spider-Man 1 or maybe 2, they, they mentioned, they even named up Doctor Strange in there. Mm-hmm. I think I think it was 2 when they were talking about do- giving names to Doctor Octavius as Doctor Octopus. He's like, Doctor Strange? He's like, nah, 2 on the nose. Or already taken is what it was. So this is a fun throwback for him. Um, but they've also added, he's bringing with him uh, production designer Robert Stromberg, who worked on the Avatar movie, um, mm-hmm. James Cameron's. He also worked with... Uh, um, Raimi on Oz the Great and Powerful and if you go to his IMDb page 90 something projects of, of background stuff lots of great movies very very um, worked on matte paintings in the 90s and then you know moved over to visual effects later in the 2000s I think if you're looking and they've got all those what six extra months now of this movie being pushed back or several months um, I think it was like four maybe not no it went from May to November yeah six months um of just pre-planning and making these designs and blowing our minds. Because the first Doctor Strange is a visual treat, right? Who could forget the scene where he gets pushed into the astral plane and the hands and all that creepy stuff, right? And then we got a really, really awesome upgraded Doctor Strange in Infinity War. And mm-hmm. we can't go backwards with Doctor Strange. We can't take away these powers and these he's, cool effects. He's, he's finally the Sorcerer Supreme now, so now yeah. it's time to get extra weird with magic and dimensions. And and make it uh, comfortable. Like I don't yeah. want to seem like, oh, this is my first time seeing something weird. I'm going to be like, yeah, this is normal for me. This is yeah. another day. I, I, I just hope that we get less Ron Howard and more like George Miller coming back to the Mad Max franchise with well, uh, Fury Road. I, I, I want to see like Raimi at the top of his game because well, there's always there's always that thing that I always worry about with really seasoned directors and I will go ahead and state for the record that I could never do what these people do in a million years because they are, are, are auteurs and they just know the hell the, know what the hell that they're doing. But when you get so seasoned and so iconic in the industry you get to the point where people don't want to critique you, they don't want to tell you what to do, they don't want to get in your way and some 
sometimes you need that to happen when you're well, in a creative field. So I hope I hope Sam Raimi still kind of you know has his um, still has his uh, wits well, about him, and he'll let other people come in and play as well. Well, well, here's the thing. I think the Ron Howard uh, thing is very unfair because this movie hasn't even started production. Uh, you know, they're rewrite. They're still writing the script for this. So I think. You know, this is still Scott Derrickson just isn't doing the sequel, and he yeah he may have been hired for like a month or two, but like the, he, this is this is going to be Sam Raimi's vision as as he goes through it. But also, um, you know, Disney doesn't owe anything to Sam Raimi. Um, Marvel doesn't owe anything to them, so I think their reputation on the line was like like you're going to do it this way. If they don't like it, they're going to tell him. And I don't think they're afraid to let him go if they need to as well. So, um. yeah, that is one of the bonuses of hiring like a director who has a long story career in Hollywood. Like, yeah, maybe like just a young hotshot producer that wants to make sure that this YouTube star is in his movie is just going to be like, no, <laughs> like, yeah, are you crazy. We had like, a- do you want like do you want the headlines of a third director on this movie? I don't think so. Yeah, well, I mean th- that's um, the Flash has gone through what twenty directors at this point, <laughs> um, but also the other thing is that. Um, yeah, I was thinking you know, the last time we had a hot director come into a, a new Marvel or a new Marvel property movie was Fantastic Four um, from 2016, and, and that turned out really well, I think, for everybody involved. Right? <laughs> no, I don't think. I don't think. Um, I think uh, maybe the actors are the only people who got out of there alive. Um, the uh-huh. director, Trank, I think he's made one movie since then. So, um, uh-huh. yeah, rough. Captain Marvel is rumored to kick off the next Avengers phase for the MCU with her movie in uh, 2020, what, 1? 2022? No, 2022. Yeah, she's after uh, Black Panther 2 in July. So um, I think her taking the lead role, um, you know, having a phase where there's not really a huge Avengers-level threat is going to be safe, kind of move some pieces around, set up X-Men, Fantastic Four... Um, get our characters in place. By the time we get to 2023, where the MCU is set, we'll probably be caught up by then. Um, so I think that's, that's a fun thing. I think Captain Marvel's a great um, person to have in charge of that. Um, we, they just released her new Hot Toys with the big Infinity Gauntlet glove we talked about uh, earlier That this was week. sick. Uh, I mean, I'm, I'm not one for collecting a lot of Hot Toys because I think it's going to be like heroin. As soon as I get one, I'm going to want all of them. And I'm going to be out of money and I'm going to be stealing computers from like <laughs> local offices to, to fund my habit. But she's carrying around like an accurate kind of proportionally sized gauntlet and it's like huge because it's, it's like it's Thanos's hand so it's huge so she, was it was, like, Hulk, it that, was Hulk's hand actually. yeah yeah I was like oh it, oh yeah that's right because it takes for Hulk yeah so I was just like I just want that glove because <laughs> the glove and the glove if I was holding it would probably be at least like four inches tall and that was and that's like a very accurate glove not like you know going online and like buying like a keychain of the gauntlet you know yeah so <laughs> I don't know if anybody out there wants to goes like go like thirdsies on this like you just really want the captain marvel toy but you don't have all the money i guess i can chip in some and you can send me the glove <laughs> yeah everyone wants a glove mike it's not just you uh listen to the show uh for the show jason ambrositis he's he, he collects a lot of these characters and figures and uh, i'm gonna have to get with him he's gonna he's gonna message me tomorrow when he's listening because he listens every monday morning and tell me if he, he's gonna get this captain marvel or not and add it to his collection um because you know there are, are a lot of captain marvels there's the older Captain Marvel when she's actually dressed like the original Captain Marvel. There's the Miss Marvel version with the black spandex, which is, you know, um, the 90s era uh, women in superhero comic books and her her new Captain Marvel outfit. And I really like this new one, so I'm down. Um, Actually, you know what I'm going to do, Mike? I'm going to hit this mouse button three times, and I now have (laughs) Captain Marvel colors across my whole setup here oh my gosh wow look at you such an american boy with his patriotic colors yeah well actually well hers is captain america she's got yellow instead of white but um but it's pretty cool i enjoy it i'm gonna type up yep it it, it powers up it's fun um (laughs) 
speaking of, we talked about X-Men. Fantastic Four is down the road, Mike. We're going to get them. We'll pro- we, I mean, I'm hoping for an announcement this, this summer, maybe, this year. Um, if not, I think the latest will be D23 next year. Um, but this week on his new web show, was it, what's it called? Um, it's like, some, it's like, what is it, some like, good news? good news or something like that? I think it's or some good news. only good news. <laughs> yeah. Uh, John Krasinski mentioned that he's talked to Marvel about playing a superhero, wink, wink at the camera. Um, Whoa, he's not even hiding it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And, and he's immediately twinning on Twitter, Twitter the, mm. like the next hour. Um, and this was huge earlier in this week. But people would die. To see him play Reed Richards and his wife Emily Blunt play Sue Richards in the Marvel Cinematic Universe. They even draw the character to look like him in the comic books now. Yeah, I mean, I'm not sure. I don't know. I mean, I guess it just depends. I don't know a whole lot about Sue Richards as a character currently in the comic books. You know, like most uh, like most female characters, unfortunately, early in the Marvel Universe, you know, they're kind of like, uh, you know, they're kind of very one note. So I, I can only assume the character has evolved to be much more. So somebody else would have to tell me if Emily Blunt could fit what Sue, Rich- oh, Sue yeah. Richards is right I'll, now. I'll tell you right now. Yes, she can. I, All right, I, that's I think, great. That's good I mean, to know. Sue Richards... Um, Susan Richard is a very much. Um, she's not a damsel in distress. She's not like the original uh, Jean Grey in the comic books, timid and shy. Like she's very like you know. I, even if they have kids in this version, which it would be fine with me, um, uh-huh. Valeria and um, Franklin. Uh, I think you know, as a mother, you know, she's very very strong and protective of her family, and like doesn't hold doesn't pull punches. Uh, which is the Sue Richard I would love to see. Nothing against Jessica Alba in two movies that are kind of, or um, I can't even think of the actress in the 2016 one. But I mean, I want a very, very like, hey, this this uh, a strong woman who knows what her abilities are would be awesome. I mean, and also this type of casting wouldn't necessarily be out of the realm. I mean, for I would I would say for a couple of years before we had uh, Doctor Strange cast as. Um, why can't I think of his name? Yeah, Benedict Cumberbatch. Uh, there was tons of fan art out there because everyone's like, this would be perfect. Uh, Benedict Cumberbatch would be Doctor Strange. Here, I photoshopped a goatee on him. This is It already looked like he's ripped right out of the comic book pages. And then they did it, and it turned out pretty well. Yep. Uh, so I, I don't know. The only, the only thing that kind of gets me unexcited about this is just like – well, I've already seen the concept art, basically, oh. and that usually that's kind of the stuff I look forward to seeing. I want to see the, like the reveal and everything like that. Um, like I was really, I was really surprised when I saw. Um uh, oh man, why can't I think of his name? Who was cast as Blade? Because I wasn't um, expecting. Ali. Yeah, yeah, Mahershala Ali. Because I wasn't expecting that. But I'm sure somebody out there probably photoshopped him as Blade uh, beforehand. I'm sure Boss Logic has photoshopped every celebrity as every superhero at some point in time. He probably has a list that he works through, <laughs> so he can just publish those as as soon as he's possible. Got, he's got a Photoshop plugin now. He just yeah. does it for him. <laughs> but as I say, every time a new Fantastic Four movie uh, news pops up, I want to see Evil Reed Richards. I think he's going to be the best addition to the MCU moving forward because the best villain is one that you know and have feelings and emotions about. The problem with the ultimate Reed Richards, and then again, the ultimate universe is my jam. I love him. I mean, this was written by one of my favorite writers, you know, a long time ago, is that he's young. Like, he is, like, 16, 17, and, like, going against the government doing what he thinks is right. An adult Reed Richards would kind of do what he thinks is right but like for more i guess um noble reasons so well, you know you know what you do though here's, here's what i'm gonna throw throw something uh, at you if you've got dr strange in a multiverse of madness mm-hmm. you bring over this kid who's like he, he you don't know he's reed richards for a while then you find out later he's an evil reed richards like but it's just like a recurring character kid uh, or something like well, that 
I was I was going to help you by segueing into the next topic. I think yeah. the way that you make an old Reed Richards evil is you just hire a good writer, <laughs> and then you can just make it happen. It's true. So the the biggest rumor is, and and please take this with a grain of salt, my friends, uh, is that um, Joss Whedon has met with Kevin Feige and Marvel to mm-hmm. possibly write or story uh, the uh, Fantastic Four movie for Ooh. for them. I, I would imagine that if Joss Whedon came back into the fold of the MCU, he would want more control over what he gets well, to do in his movie. And what we know, he had problems with Age of Ultron. Again, he, he put, mm-hmm. he, I mean, he's even admitted like he put himself out there and did too much of himself. However, yeah. Age of Ultron is the old Marvel before Kevin Feige had ultimate control. They still had mm-hmm. to go through the panel. They still had to go through the Marvel president. And, you know, they were trying to, I think, sell more toys than... Um, make a good movie at that point in time. Yeah. So, jo- yeah. Joss would always talk about how he had to fight to get the farm scene in the movie. Yeah. And even though the farm scene, I don't particularly enjoy myself. I do try to imagine a universe where maybe he didn't have to fight for it. And then things would have been easier to kind of focus around the farm and, yeah. and he wouldn't have to set he, there's up all probably more stuff. scenes there that we just didn't get to see. Cause they made him cut everything out, but the essentials. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but uh, yeah, who knows? I'm sure people could write a, a book about well, Age of Ultron at this it, point in time. Here's the thing, though: is Joss Whedon any good anymore since 2012? Um, I'm going to look towards um, Justice League as another example. Again, mm-hmm. he 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 was he was Ron Howarded into that situation, right? That's a good that's a good use of that. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think his also since then, I think some of his character has been called into question as well. He he got caught up just kind of tangentially into the Me Too movement. I don't think anybody, I'll say this straight up, I don't think anybody brought up any accusations of him doing anything physical or anything like that to anyone but i think some people kind of had called him out for maybe being misogynistic on some previous projects so who knows all all you can say for sure is he's definitely been through a lot whether he deserves it or not since age of ultron so maybe he would see this as an opportunity to come back and just like you know just kind of go back to the way he used to like to do things maybe not on a super tight deadline and trying to build out this whole entire universe i think don't make him a director I think he's a good writer. I think, you know, if, if you can't get him to do X-Men, which would be great because he wrote the Astonishing X-Men, which people love mm-hmm. and they've not adapted yet, thankfully, um, make him a writer. Make him a story person. Like, hey, look, you're really good at tying... He was able to tie every first phase Marvel movie into the Avengers when they did not have a plan to do that. Mm-hmm. And it worked out, right? Everyone loves the first Avengers. Um so let him write Fantastic Four. Let him t- bring in every 23, 25, 30 movies they've gotten so far. Be like, hey, can you make the Fantastic Four work in here for us? You're good at making things out of nowhere. So mm-hmm. I think I think that would be a good place to put him. What do you think on that? Just, just, just writing, not directing. Just write it. Yeah, no, that's great. I, there's a ton. Of, there's a there's a lot of people out there who I think should uh, either stick to to one way or the other. Uh, the uh, kind of the flip side of the thing is a uh, 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 Neil Blomkamp. I think he should just direct things and not write things. So how about we get Joss Whedon to write something for Neil Blomkamp to direct? I think that'd be great. Yeah, I, if Blomkamp ever actually directs something, I, I've, I introduced my my wife and my in laws to Die Antwoord this weekend, um, mm-hmm. who will star in his uh, movie Chappie. Um, uh, okay. With the robot, and I was like, "These are some messed up people." Uh, so, um, yeah, 
I don't know. I, I think that, I think there's a lot of opportunities for Fantastic Four, um, but I'm not going to take anyone off the table um, unless it's Josh Trank. About he's mm-hmm. the only one I'll, I'll take off the table. Hell, they they put Scott Derrickson in for Fantastic Four if he wanted to. I think if yeah. they wanted to. Anyway, moving on. Agents of Shield. They have announced the final season. Season seven will debut on May 27th, which is a Wednesday on ABC. Hey, I thought it was going to go straight to streaming. I yeah, swear I mean, to God it was going to go straight to streaming. I, I mean, I'm surprised it's not airing on a Friday night. I think yep. this goes to show you that uh, uh, broadcast television needs content. They don't have this huge backed up library like Netflix does <laughs> where they can just keep putting stuff out uh, every Friday because they've been making stuff the past couple of years and they just have this huge backlog. Um, yeah, so this is good for them. Sounds like they get to take advantage of this and uh, go out on top. I think Wednesday used to be – was it Tuesday or Wednesday was their was original time slot? It was Tuesday. Okay, so yeah. Wednesday, Wednesday's uh, uh, not too bad. It's, it's, so it's better than Friday. Good for them. Better good, than Friday. Good for, <laughs> yeah, good for them. It, it, you know, I'm, I'm – I'm, I'm, I don't want to say – it's like bittersweet, you know? Yeah. It's like I don't really watch the show anymore, but I would have to say I'm just impressed that it's stuck around for this long, you know? Yeah, and that they've done so much with the stories um, mm-hmm. you know, between time travel, space travel, uh, introducing Inhumans. Like, they did not shy away from anything. Like, if they're like, we want to tell a story. Like, we got a robots. We got, you know, um, Patton Oswalt being, you know, the um, – uh, life model decoys we can do all sorts of mm. stuff in here they did not shy away from comic book things that marvel has done so they I, did I like an that. entire virtual world yeah. that they had to escape from yeah that thing that was really cool they were not afraid to swing for the fences i'm sure they had a strategy where they would go to somebody at disney slash marvel and just pitch something huge where like we want captain america and iron man to show up knowing that they weren't going to get these things so the compromise would be like okay you can get um you <laughs> can get you can get uh nick fury in your uh, season finale of season one they're just like okay that's what we wanted anyway yeah so i'm sure they have this whole strategy now well it was cool i really like season one they had the late bill paxton in there that reveal at the end was awesome like you know they Mm -hmm. they they did not like i mean when they brought colson back that was bold and then they just kept pushing the bar so that that's cool the season seven comes out may 27th i think it's going to be weekly so we'll get to see you know what 12 episodes i think or 13 so we'll get a definitive end to this um i i've not I'm, I'm going to be honest. I haven't caught up the last season yet because uh, I just I just didn't do it, and that's you know, my fault. Um, but apparently, they're time traveled back in time to 1931 for this. So there's going to be a period piece, uh, a retro period piece, not a future period piece, um, which is interesting, and will cross over with the Agent Carter show, specifically um, Agent Daniel Sousa coming back in. Yeah, I thought that was cool, but I think what we all really want to see is Agent Carter proper comeback. You know, maybe she will, and it'll be a surprise, and they're yeah. just not putting it out there, but yeah, that'd be cool. Well, what's interesting is Agent Carter ended in, like, what, 45, 46, post the war, right? Uh-huh. Uh, and this is well before the war, so I think we're going to get a non-limp-legged Agent Sousa. Uh, okay, oh, and maybe this will be the origin of how he got limped. Yeah, exactly, <laughs> and then, you know, if there is, I don't know if there's potential time jumping throughout the season because i don't think it'll just end in 1931 um the only the only question i have is i saw a i saw like the 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 promo screenshot of this where they're back in time and it looked and and uh i i don't think he's agent colson i don't know what they call him but basically the colson version that they have now last i saw him he was evil from a different dimension and now he's good again so i don't know if agent colson proper has been downloaded into that person's brain i don't know do you you want to know what, what it is 
You know what? Just go ahead and tell me. Hey, and if people out there don't want to know, they can just skip ahead 10 seconds. Yeah, jump ahead. Uh, he's a life model decoy filled with old Agent Coulson's uh, memories. Okay. That, uh, that, seem, that seems very Agents of S.H.I.E.L.D. <laughs> yeah, very much so. Uh, he's a robot that thinks he's uh, Agent Coulson. So there we go. Um, yeah, I think I think this is... I, I'm going to... I have uh, a lot of time to catch up on this. I'll probably maybe um, binge watch it so I don't have to pay attention too heavily for these hour-long episodes. Um, May 27th, I, again, I'm, I'm not saying banking on the economy being back to normal by then, but people will be out and about. So I think yeah, moving it to Wednesday while people are trying to get their weekends back uh, from missing them will be a good good place to put it. I don't it. know. Let's hope. That's optimistic outlook, but we need optimism. <laughs> I'm trying so hard. I'm trying so. May, may feel so far away, but we're like, we're almost there uh, yeah. right now. Marvel's Future Avengers. You remember me talking about this the other day? Um, the anime uh, that was not dubbed, and then they dubbed it and released on Disney Plus. Kind of. So, so it, Mar- uh, Marvel's Future Avengers was an anime uh, mm-hmm. with the Avengers, and then uh, they had three characters who were raised by Hydra. And then it's brainwashed that the Avengers were evil, and they end up you know, breaking free and joining the Avengers and going on more adventures. Uh, season one dropped, I think, this month or last month in March. They've already got season two coming out May twenty second on Disney Plus. I think it's only a two season show. Um, hmm. Which is cool because the show came out in 2018, so they have a lot of modern characters such as the Inhumans, uh, including Miss Marvel, Kamala Khan, Modok, Deadpool, so many other characters in season two. I'm very excited to watch this um, as a whole. I don't want to wait and then watch it all and then wait another month for season it two. Very, it very well may be the only anime that ever drops on Disney Plus. <laughs> no, I think they'll put more. Disney Disney loves anime because anime is essentially what art based on the old Disney styles. So I don't know. I just feel I feel like a move that Disney would make is they would buy the IP of Dragon Ball just because it's just so lucrative and Disney could afford it if it ever went up for sale. So who knows? Maybe yeah. one day it wouldn't be weird to see Dragon Ball Z streaming on Disney Plus. I mean, I'm I'm hoping you know Disney Plus starts licensing out other properties. I get you know they want to put all their Disney stuff on there, but maybe they start licensing other things to put on there too, um, to make it a more one-stop shop, Mike, uh, if, if you will. Maybe they'll buy Netflix. <laughs> I, I doubt it. Netflix is worth more than Disney Plus right now, mm-hmm. believe it or not. Um, so Future Avengers, uh, May 22nd, so if you're excited for that, animes, uh, stuff like that, we'll, I'll, I'll, I'll be watching it at the end of May, so keep back on that. Speaking of Avengers, the Avengers game, Mike, dropped a, uh, what you called a weird trailer, but what I call a <laughs> uh, you know standard video game trailer while we're in quarantine, um, showcasing the game's characters and the story place in this, um, which, uh, you know, if you've not been watching it, I, I watch this stuff, I, I'm on the subreddit for this all the time, uh, I love looking at the characters, the new screenshots, new new videos they're putting out every week. Um, what do you think of this, Mike? Are you you getting more the, hype for this as we go? Uh, the coolest thing I learned from this, which, like you said, this could have been out uh, beforehand, but it's the first time I'm hearing of it, is that Kamala Khan is going to be our way into the story, into the yep. game. So she's going to be the one trying to get the Avengers back together after the tragedy that happened uh, with their Terrigen reactor. On A-Day? Uh, and uh, I had seen this shot already, but that aircraft carrier that's flying around um, that lands in the San Francisco Bay, uh, I was like, oh, man, all that Terrigen's getting into the water. I wonder if that's going to do something. Uh, I wonder if they have the rights to – I would imagine they have the rights to anything that they want. Is Namor, Namor going to show up well, being like, hey, you're polluting my waters with your goddamn Terrigen? Well, well, this is – I mean, we were there in San Diego when we watched the full trailer, the full cutscene. This is how Kamala gets her powers. Um, mm-hmm. She's at the A-Day five years ago, gets exposed to Terrigen, and then she gets her abilities. 
Um, I, I believe um, we're going to see more Inhumans as they go. They're going to release more characters, more levels. But I think this is really cool. What I didn't know, and you know, I've been watching that you use a um, a junked out helicarrier as your base of operations, and you get to upgrade that helicarrier. Oh, that's cool. And it was cool getting a, a, a deeper look into the customization of how you can tweak. Like, I knew that you could cosmet- cosmetically tweak your characters, but I didn't realize it would just very realistically change your gameplay style for how you wanted to play. So yeah. I thought that was pretty cool. Yeah. So you, if anyone's played Destiny, and we, we've talked about this with a friend of the show, Quentin Parker, you have um, different pieces of gear. Like Iron Man has a chest piece, arm pieces, helmet, um, feet things and as you get them it'll affect your your attack your defense your statistics across the board and then there's also skill trees so if you are a long-range player in like iron man you can you know bump up your long-range weapons or if you're like thor you want to go in as a tank you could bump up hammer attacks stuff like that so i think there's a lot of options here for everyone to kind of fit their play style um again i've pre-ordered this quite a bit and uh for xbox and playstation so if you're playing it i want to play with you so let me know if you guys are pre-ordering it that game was supposed to be out this month, which would have been awesome while we're locked down. But by God, we have to wait till September. So by God. <laughs> we'll, 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 we'll hang out there. In the meantime, though, you can jump over to the free game, Fortnite. Uh, if you buy the season pass, which is $10, you can get Deadpool um, for free with that season pass. And all you gotta do is go find his, um, like, his pants in a room and then go back and then walk into a porta potty in the game, in game mode, and then you're Deadpool. It's pretty cool. <laughs> That's funny. Uh, they've also added for free, or for with that season pass, an X-Force variant. So if you like the black and gray look. Um, but now, and I bought these, I'll admit it. Um, they <laughs> added uh, custom skins for Cable, Psylocke, and Domino. So if you want to play X-Force, uh, have your squad up as all four members of X-Force, you can. It's really fun. It's really cool. Man, this is, this is an advantage that I think a lot of people didn't realize that Fortnite had when they first came out, was their art style is very adaptable to other properties. Like, um, I think, uh, is Apex Legends slightly more realistic look it, than Fortnite? Correct me if I'm wrong. It, yeah, it's more detailed. It look, it's more of a Call of Duty mix. Yeah, so it, se- it seems like the more realistic you get, the more, like, other IPs and studios would might be like, oh, I don't really, this, this seems to look a little bit too close to our characters. So Fortnite has this advantage of we can adapt pretty much anything, you know, cause everything looks like a cartoon character. So I kind of like this subtle strategic move that they probably didn't realize that they made when they made it cartoon at the very beginning, they probably made Fortnite the way it looked at the very beginning because it probably was less demanding on their servers and it would probably spread across more consoles because it's not well, as graphically intensive. What's really cool is even their models. If you have a dance move or an emote, Every character can do it. It doesn't matter who it is. They have tested every emote with every character. So when they release all these, I'm getting Cable out there, you know, dancing (laughs) and doing stupid stuff. And it looks awesome and goofy as hell. Um, (laughs) But this is the second wave of Marvel skins. Uh, They did Star-Lord and Black Widow um, last year with uh, Infinity War. They had Infinity War mode, which was really fun. So uh, I love the the Marvel thing. They've also done DC. I have Catwoman uh, I got for free and... Um, Batman was also available, so that's pretty cool. Cool. We're gonna dive into one last video game section here, Mike. This this show's going on a little longer than usual, but I'm glad. I, I'm glad we have some real news here. Spider Man Two, Mike, the video game. Ooh, love it, love it. Mark this up as a rumor. However, people hacked into their Zoom call they had this week at the company. I think a lot of this <laughs> no. might be real. Um, <laughs> again, we are. I'm gonna just go jump to my bottom point. This is scheduled for holiday 2021, meaning you'll probably have to buy a new console to play this. Hopefully. They make a low-res version for the PlayStation 4, but we'll we'll cross our fingers 
And no. as all video games, just expect a delay, and it'll probably be spring 2022. Exactly. Um, <laughs> and, and any of these can change in a heartbeat. But how mm. are the first thing is first, Mike. They have a symbiote suit. Yes. It, and every suit you have had, like because there's like 20 in the other version, will have a symbiotic mm. version. So oh, that's great. That's so cool. So and be expected for that, and you'll be able to push button into the symbiote suit like the previous game, Web of Shadows. So you're on the fly. The suit oh, just takes that's over great. you. That means like the symbiote and Venom and this cool new canon that they've made with like Harry Osborn being Venom uh, is going to be a really important part to the story, which is, is oh, it's going to be so cool. I love what they did with the story in the last Spider-Man game. So I love the idea of the symbiote yeah. re- really being in play here. Exactly. And like it will be in Web of Shadows, if you did the symbiote suit, you got bumped up like beefy attacks. Your mobility Ooh. was down, but you could like literally tank through people. So I'm expecting, like, the symbiosis is more than cosmetic. It'll have some sort of a skill tree in and of itself, maybe, of different attacks mm-hmm. and stuff like that. There will be dynamic missions, uh, which I think the first one lacks sorely. Like, if you're swinging through the city, someone's like, oh my gosh, they're about to fall off a, a window or building or something like that. And you gotta go c- catch them and bring them down. Or, like, take someone to a hospital who's in, like, a wreck, rather than just, you know, stop a car that's driving around the block. Mm-hmm. Um, you may remember these from the original Spider-Man 2 game, from from playstation 2 xbox era uh characters who are mentioned to appear include mysterio uh human torch venom j jonah jameson and daredevil oh cool i I mean human torch and uh, daredevil makes me excited because we didn't really i don't think we got any heroes really in the first spider-man game it was very much grounded in just the spider-man mythos right and and people think that this ties into the avengers game because he, he says that they went out to the west coast which is where the um the Terrigen reactor blew up so hopefully mm-hmm. they may be tied together but like you know having human torch races throughout the city doing side missions at night with D- daredevil that'd be really fun i think mm-hmm. uh there's also going to be dynamic weather uh seven different types of weather including like light snow oh. heavy snow rain and apparently, like, the snow will pile up on things, like, including your suit, if you're sitting Yeah, there. talking about dynamic weather in a map that big, and also, I think there was a rumor out there that they might be expanding into Brooklyn and Queens, so it sounds like they're making the map even bigger, adding dynamic weather changes to it, which uh, is, is a huge hurdle, because the last game, you could only change the weather manually, and then the screen had to refresh and change, and you had to see a loading screen, or they would hide the change behind a cutscene. Yeah. So it sounds like, yeah, you are going to need the PlayStation 5 to really get all of the advantages out of this game. Yeah, especially if they if they do that. I think, I'm think i excited to see kind of how that plays off, and, you know, can they can they pull off? Because I love, I mean, God of War, I don't, I don't know if you've played it yet or not, but, like, the snow in that game is just beautiful. Like, the footprints cool. and everything, yeah. so... Um, the last bit of uh, rumor here is the DLC, a three-set DLC again, focusing on Morbius, Carnage, and the character Wraith as well, which Ooh. is, a, I think, another symbiote. So Cool. Um, that t- sounds just like what Sony would do with their upcoming movies. <laughs> uh, so, yeah. Yep. And uh, banked release date holiday 2021. I'm I'm hyped for this game. Enough to go play the uh, first one again, man. Yeah, we, we all know we loved that game. It was great. Uh, now Sony outright... Did Sony outright own the studio Insomniac before yeah. Spider-Man 1 came no, out? No, they did not. They bought it um, after it did so well with yeah. this game. So hopefully that's a that's a good corporate acquisition, well, and they just get even more money and time and uh, resources. Well, I think that's a direct access to the hardware of PlayStation 5. Like, hey, mm-hmm. look, you get direct access to the hardware. What do you need to make your game work? 
Um, oh. We'll make sure it's built into the game system as it comes out. So Yeah, that'd be rad. Yeah, so that, that's exciting. Spider-Man 2, the game, high in our want list right now. Uh, the Mandalorian uh, did a surprise announcement this week um, saying that the um, they're releasing a documentary about the show on May the 4th. Be with you. Hmm. All right. Eight episode wanna... series about the making. Oh, that seems pretty pretty long. Uh, but maybe this is kind of what you would see um, uh, kind of in bonus features if you owned like a DVD of The Mandalorian or something like that. Mm-hmm. But I'm looking forward to seeing learning more about that Unreal Engine with that real time rendering of that like kind of 360 screen that they have on their sets. Yeah. That is cool as hell. So I don't know if I'll necessarily sit down and watch all of this, but I'm sure people will be clipping I, parts of it and putting it up on YouTube. I mean, I think it will be like 20 minute episodes. I think, I think it's going to be like a small series on a full series. So I'm like, yeah, mm-hmm. I can sit down for four hours, like four hours on a, you know, an eight hour thing. Like that's, that's pretty standard bonus features. I feel mm-hmm. like seeing the interviews with the characters and I want to, you know, the one where they had the, um, the, 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 the bounty hunters, I really want to see the the actors' interviews on that one. I think that was like one of the coolest ones. Because um, Mr. Krabs is the big red <laughs> monster dude. So, Mr. Krabs. Yeah. May the Fourth be with you. That'll be out. Uh, have, have you got any progress on your Clone Wars, Mike? I know you only I mean, watch it while working out. And yeah, I mean, I, I I wish I could, but I haven't made any progress yet, which seems crazy because you're like, Mike, you're in a quarantine. Why aren't you watching Clone Wars? Like, well, also I'm quarantined uh, with uh with my wife right now, so we're trying to find things that we both want to watch together. And unfortunately, when I when I get uh, time to do something else, I'm usually playing Warzone. So um, uh, yeah, but I see the Clone Wars is uh, starting to wrap up. Yeah, the final four episodes of this twelve episode season arc are starting people have complained it's been slow whatever i don't i don't care i've had a really good time um and this last episode the first of the final four sets up literally you can see this in the pieces mike revenge of the sith Uh the movie star wars rebels the next series and the mandalorian season two oh that's so cool like they they put they they pulled no stops for this final like it is so wild well, it's great. Cool. It's great because also there's so much creative uh, people crossover between the Clone Wars and the Mandalorian as well. Uh, so, yeah, really makes me want to jump back in there. Um, uh, but maybe I'll use my ramen girl strategy and just watch it on 2X so I can get through them faster. But I don't think I want to do that to myself. Yeah. So what's cool, I would treat them like movies, Mike. I mean, you, most of them are three episode arcs, right? Four episode mm-hmm. arcs. Just like I'll watch a movie today and like crank through three of them. Um, what I think is cool, and, and you know, as an artist, I think you'll really appreciate this. You know, you know Clone Wars has updated their models every couple seasons, right? Mm-hmm. Um, this, the technology they have now that they did not have, you know, ten years ago, is very apparent, and the Ooh. models and the emotes and everything just look that much cooler um, with this. Like, it feels less computer-generated. Like, I'm really digging this show, so I think you'll you'll really love the new season. Let's get Ahsoka in the next Fortnite skin, people. Come on. They That'd did, be cool. They did do a Star Wars uh, tie-in. You, um, they had, like, a Rey, uh, Finn, and, and Kylo Ren, yeah, and a Stormtrooper. We, we, we want Ahsoka. Yeah, I know, but, like, they gotta start somewhere, right? Like, yeah, oh, the movie's mm-hmm. out. Let's tie in with that. So now, yeah, they could do Ahsoka. They could do, um, I'd like to see Obi-Wan. Um, uh, from, from like, you know, the prequel era and mm-hmm. like, uh, my favorite Luke Skywalker is, um, Return of the Jedi when he goes to Jabba's palace in the black suit. So I'd like to see some of that. 
Do you know anything about Dune? I, I'm throwing <laughs> this in here because I know nothing about Dune, and I, I tried uh, to figure it out. I was hoping you would know more about Dune. The thing, the the things that I know about Dune are more about how Dune has just been a non-starter mostly. Um, for apparently, for the, film and the, TV, not the books. Yeah. Uh, apparently the the film yeah i know i know it's based on a book uh but apparently the one film that was made it, it didn't go over very well i guess fans didn't like it and then there was another director who earlier tried to create tried to make a a, a, a dune film and it just totally collapsed on itself i believe it actually went into production and i think it went crazy over a budget and the director was like a, a madman and then that story was so crazy they made a documentary yeah. about how how that Dune movie didn't get made. So I know that there's a lot swirling around about how this is like the one science fiction book that just can't be adapted. Uh, but And then um, what's his face uh, from uh, the new Blade Runner? Uh, De- De- he, Villeneuve, yeah. Yeah, he's the one that's uh, tackling this next one. So I think that kind of turned people around going, hey, if anybody can do it, I, maybe this guy can. Yeah, so um, Dune, from my understanding, is a book series written by Frank Herbert. Uh, I don't know who this is. He wrote a bunch of these books. Like it's not just like one book. Like there's Dune, and there was like Children of Dune, and then like three thousand years later, it jumps in forward. Like, and all I know is the <laughs> reference to spice, um, and, and spice controls the universe, mm-hmm. uh, whatever that means. But David Lynch made the 1984 movie um, with um, Kyle MacLachlan in it, and he had his name removed from the film on certain versions because they, they wouldn't give him final cut version edit, um, permissions on some of them. And then they made a three-hour TV version, which added, like, 50 extra minutes back into the movie. Um, (laughs) Then they did a series. I I can't figure out what TV series, like, what show it was on. But they did a three-part miniseries in 2000, um, which I think was about as close as they got to anything. Um, And then um, now we are at a 2020 movie, a two-part movie, by Denis um, Villeneuve, Villeneuve, I don't know how to pronounce his name, who did Arrival and Blade Runner 2049. Mm Mm-hmm. Both and, great movies. And pretty much every big actor's in this, I'm, I'm seeing. Um, we've got photos included in our notes, including Josh Brolin, uh, a beardless Jason Momoa. If you want to... if you Very wanna strange. See, he, he looks like a vampire. Like This looks like straight out of <laughs> Twilight, does it not? Yeah, he does look a little vampire-esque, doesn't he? Yeah, um, and uh, as a character named Duncan Idaho, which I think is like the only normal name in this thing. Oscar Isaac and then Zendaya from uh, Spider-Man is in this, so... If you want to see those photos in there, I don't know what's going on. I'm going to try to learn more. I might try to watch the 84 version. I have put it on my Chris Flicks to watch. So, so the, I think that uh, obviously we don't know much about Dune. So take everything we say with a uh, with like a, an idiot ball in our hands. Yeah, uh, like when we talk about be, Ghostbusters. <laughs> yes, but I would be the thing I would be worried about most about this film is this is based on a very iconic science fiction book that has been around for a very long time. So the the story of Dune has already be has already been influencing um, filmmakers and storytellers for a very 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 long time even without the story being adapted. So I have a feeling that once the story makes it the screen, there's a chance that the story could feel very stale just because we've been seeing kind of versions of the story already in cinema and in, and in other books and TV shows for a really long time. Cause isn't it just about the, the struggle between like uh, the, the, the lower class people on the planet versus like the, the whatever the government of the planet. Well, I, 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 that's just my very loose interpretation of the story. 
Well, my my understanding from my it's it's actually like a um, it's very more political, and then like they go to the poor people to get them to side with the new rulers who are like the more benevolent people, and like then the guy doesn't the main character doesn't want to actually you know own up to like his his legacy or like what he has to become. Which is like omnipresent or something like that. I don't. I don't know. I'm. Yes. We are. We are very not involved in this. I yeah. just need to watch this movie and read more. Yeah. About so, it, so I. I mean, this sounds very bizarre. Me saying it. I'm not comparing it in any way to the to the Scarlett Johansson Ghost in a Shell movie, but Ghost in a Shell unfortunately had uh, it, that a similar problem where people had been ripping off the original story of Ghost in the Shell for such a long time because it was such an influential anime slash uh, manga. And then when they brought it back to the screen, like, what was it, 2018, none of the ideas seemed new or exciting because they were all just kind of very trite at this point in time. So uh, I'm sure Dennis uh, Villeneuve, however you say his yeah. name, has has taken this into well, account. And I'm sure the script, the person who wrote the script was very aware I, I mean, I don't think I think I don't think Ghost in the Shell suffered from that. I think Ghost in the Shell is just a sucky movie. Um, well, I, I'm not saying that's the only thing it but, suffered from, but because yeah, I don't think I don't when I think of Ghost, I don't think like oh well, this has already been. I think I'm like God, they didn't really try at all, did they? Um, but I mean, th- will this movie ever be made? Will it get off the ground? Is this going to be too much? I think I tried to watch the '84 one once. Okay, it was way too much for me to take in. It felt like the '80s, you know, those long shots that take like three minutes for someone to walk into a building, kind of thing, like. There's a lot of sand in this movie. Um, it's a sand planet with sand worms. Will it be visually interesting to watch? Is the question. Well, it's coming out this year, yeah. so I gotta I gotta imagine well, that it's it's coming out uh, at the end of the year because it's not. It's, it's that, just, nothing's coming out now. <laughs> it's December. It's been yeah. It's been scheduled for December, but you know the fact that they give them two parts. Will the first half be enough to bring you back for the second? So uh, hopefully that's a smart move on their behalf, and they know what they're getting into really before it's all said and done. Lastly, Mike, we, we talked about this and we, we called it the uh, director of Bloodshot, uh, David S.F. Wilson, will be directing an award-winning uh, sci-fi novel, Influx. Hey, great. We love this guy. He We thought he did a good job on Bloodshot. Yep. Good for you, man. And, uh, you know, um, I don't know anything about Influx, but it's uh, about a physicist who finds himself locked away in a high-tech prison just as he's on the verge of making a groundbreaking discovery. Is this a Prison Break movie? Oh my god, Chris, this yep. couldn't have gone any better. I love Prison Break movies, and the fact that this is a Prison Break story set in a sci-fi world with like high-tech stuff, that is so cool. Uh, yep. Man, Prison Breaks is just Prison Breaks are just great because you're everybody is familiar with the setup. You don't have to waste any time explaining to people somebody is trapped and they're trying to get out. We already know everything that's at stake. So the person who's creating the story just gets to come up with all these clever ways of hurdles that they have to get over. And there's always a point in time where the main character that you're rooting for is smarter than everyone else. But then all of a sudden uh, things get flipped around and then the bad guy's smarter and they're going back and forth. I just love it. This sounds fun. You son of a bitch. I'm in. Uh, (laughs) Man, there's a ticking clock and his fellow inmates, uh, his brilliant fellow inmates, so a bunch of smart people need to find a way to fight back. So I'm excited oh to see gosh. what this is. There's a tick and clock involved now, oh, too. Yeah. This is great. Oh. I am not going to look up this book. I'm just going to save it for the trailer. Um, I'm, gonna, I'm just going to stay 
clear of this movie or this book um, See, beforehand. And this, and this is exactly what I was talking about earlier where I bet that there's fans of Influx out there who love this book, have been waiting to see it adapted forever, and then they see the news that says, oh, the director of Bloodshot's going to make my book into a movie? Oh, no. And it's just like, no, he did a good job directing the movie. You should be happy. Well, this this will Blood, be good for you. Bloodshot's <laughs> been at the top of the digital list ever since it came out. So, I mean, it's doing yeah. well. So, But who, <laughs> but the digital list is is the digital list i saw the um the uh they were really touting the numbers for the new trolls world tour movie that mm. came out uh the studio said that it was the biggest video on demand numbers they had ever seen but they weren't going to tell you what those numbers were so it's like we're never really going to know oh, you exactly can, you can find those <laughs> from the different distributors but i mean they they have them and you know Digital matters now because that's all we have so um mm. you know the fact that bloodshot's been up there is good for him and that he's already Signing up for his next big thing, which seems very similar to Bloodshot, but you know we'll we'll take it. We'll we'll, yeah. we'll do what we can. Good good news, Influx people. This will be yeah. good. There you go. Good news, David S. Wilson fans, all three of us. So again, <laughs> okay, that's harsh. Oh uh, well, Mike, that's our show. We've gone on and on and on, and I'm I'm typing on this very loud keyboard to put in these time codes here for the end. But if people want to know what you're up to, what you're doing, where can they find you at this week, buddy? Chris, this is just what happens when we start to throw video games into the uh, show. Yeah. It really just beefs up what we get to talk about. Mm-hmm. So if you want to find me, you can follow me at Mike Royer Design on Instagram and Twitter. And you can read my web comics at pickledcomics.com. Chris, if people want to catch up with your light-changing lifestyle, where can they find you? You can find me on Twitter, Valdan, V-A-L-D-A-N, where i am also been putting all of my old video projects that Mike you know, and I talked about a couple weeks ago. I'm finally putting them up. I was putting them on Facebook. Then I'm like, oh, wait, some people on Twitter can't see that. So they're now on Twitter at the same time. Uh, and you also had an Instagram, Vault in 87. Um, you also have a comic UI. Uh, if people know more about our show, what we're doing, what we're, what, what we're up to, where can they find us at? Well, as always, all you have to do is visit SuperheroSlate.com. That's the best place to find all the places we host our show and to get our awesome show notes. We talked about a lot of stuff this week, so hit up our show notes to, to uh, review before the quiz next week. Uh, you can find us on Apple Podcasts, YouTube, Spotify, wherever else you'd love to listen to the podcast. Please like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter and Instagram, and you can get merch at SuperheroSlate.com slash store. We love hearing from you. Like I said at the top of the show, if you know anybody that was going to be tabling at San Diego Comic-Con and now the you know uh, that opportunity has been taken away from them, uh, let us know. Reach out to us and we'll uh, plug them on the show. And uh, also, if anybody else has made any like kooky short films or any like old uh, projects from back in college or maybe even high school, that stuff is always fun to watch because people are always afraid to kind of share that stuff and put it out there on the internet. But uh, this is a this is a this is a safe zone for you to share your weird creative stuff. I mean, Chris made a short film about Jedi's being no- noir detectives, which I thought was actually a really cool idea. So if anybody's doing any weird nerdy stuff like that, I really want to see it. Send that our way. Yeah, yeah, it's uh, we'd love to see it. And uh, if you want to go watch myself, I'm cringing because I see it all. But like, Mike understands how we made these in 2011, 2010 on those computer lab computers. I'm lucky I even got that far. So <laughs> yeah, like, what's a frame rate? I don't know. Put the put the DV yeah. tape in the camera and hit hit record. These computer lab computers have no graphics cards. How am I even running? You know, after effects of this rate, I, I can't figure it out. We'll, we'll yeah. get there. But, but uh, we also we love our super fans of the show. So if you want to be a super fan of the show, all you got to do is wash your hands and share the show with a friend. Share the show with a buddy, and we'll be here every week, folks. Yep, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, adios. 
Thanks for listening, and don't forget to subscribe. Watched Superbad not too long ago. Superbad still holds up. It's still a good movie, and I'll fight for it. I've heard some people say it doesn't hold up, and I was like, I'll fight you.